Hello, I'm Dr. Kimberly O'Brien, a child psychologist, entrepreneur, and mum with a passion for problem solving and family adventures. Join me each week for practical tips and on-air consultations with the smartest, kindest parents and their incredible kids. Find answers faster, do things differently, and take your family further. This is impressive. This episode is sponsored by brightchild.com. Now let's get started. Hello and thank you so much for joining us this week on Impressive. I was lucky enough to speak to a young scientist by the name of Angelina Aurora who's based in Sydney and she made some amazing discoveries when she was 15. She's only 16 now. She goes to Sydney Girls High School and she's quite an inspiration for young female scientists and also really for purpose-driven parents who would love to see their children have just as many opportunities as Angelina. So without further ado, she's going to tell you all about the discoveries that she's made and how she's made that happen. Thanks for listening. I see you as a famous Australian young scientist who's won lots of prizes. And so it's Angelina Aurora from Sydney Girls High School. Is that right? In year 10? Yeah, you're 11. You're 11 now. Okay, good job. So maybe do you want to start from, you know, the beginning of the story where you found the the prawn shells and then somehow after lots and lots of research managed to turn it into a biodegradable plastic? Yeah, so I actually started off at school as a year nine project. Uh, I was looking for something to do and I was at a local supermarket and that was the time where they used to charge for plastic bags. Mm-hmm. So I, thought, I asked the ca- uh, cashier at the point, oh, why do you charge for plastic bags? Because I've always been really curious about everything. And she replied to me, it's to save the environment and to deter people from using plastic. And that's where it hit me, that something needs to be done where the environment is not deteriorating, but humans can still have their convenience of using plastic bags. So I went into looking at cornstarch, potato starch and tapioca plastics made from different amounts of glycerin to see which one was best for commercial use. And I found the cornstarch one was actually pretty good, but it was really impractical because it was soluble in water, which if it rains, your groceries would just be on the floor. Yeah. And also taking away a potential food product. So that's when I was thinking into looking into waste and going on from there. But it did exhibit the strength, flexibility and endurance, as well as it decomposed a lot faster than -hmm. conventional plastics. So then what made you think of the prawns? Like how, and what does it look like on a daily basis? Are you in the lab at school for hours on end in the evening or yeah, how did it all start to evolve? And then when you like struck gold and realized you'd found the missing link. Yeah. Tell me about that moment as well. Yeah. So after I was going into looking at waste, I looked at banana peel. It didn't work. I looked at a lot of things and it didn't work, but then it just kind of hit me. One day I was having dinner and there was, I was having prawns and it was a day after a long day in the lab and I saw they look kind of plasticky. What makes them look like plastic? Essentially it's a carbohydrate called chitin inside the shells of them. Mm -hmm. And then I had a professor and uh, we talked through it and we're like, okay, what could be done with this and potentially could we extract it, mix it with something and make a plastic product out of it. So it was super amazing just to finally, after so many years of work and so many years of researching and failing, to finally get to that moment where something had worked. Yes. So how long did that take, like from start to finish? How many months or years would that take? Um, so from all the way back to the cornstarch, 
that was around a year and then a year and a half around. So two, mm. two and a half years. And did you ever start to, I guess, like lose your focus or think, oh, this is too hard or you were just so focused and you just knew it would work eventually? Yeah, so that was one of the greatest challenges I found. So like learning, I never actually dealt with failure before. Everything's kind of been good, you know, just doing well and stuff. But being in the lab, things aren't going to work most of the time. Like every day of failing to one success, specifically with the ratios in my product, just what to mix and how to mix it. Mm-hmm. Um, that really wasn't working. And there were points where I was like, should I give up? Maybe it's not going to work. And I was doubting, but I think I had to think back to the motivation behind it and why I started off doing it in the beginning. It was to make a difference and to save the environment as well as what I've always strived for helping people. So just thinking back to that made me want to continue on. And after all, I knew that after all this, it's just how to see a failure as a learning progress nice, um, rather than a failure. And just seeing it as a step to success so and good. how to grow from it and be resilient and approach the problem logically, think through it. Why is this not working? How can we make it work rather than let's just give up? Yeah. So tell me more about, you know, how you develop that attitude and maybe you, your parents, how have they helped with this process? Oh, yeah. So they've always been my number one supporters. They've always been there to support me, to take me to the labs and everything. So I've always kind of grown up in a way where, you know, you just, you can't give up. You start something and you continue on doing it until you achieve what you want to achieve. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I've been raised. And I guess that reflects into the work I do and everything I do now, because I know that there's no point in giving up really early on. I love it. There is a way to say like nothing is impossible basically. So good. So can you remember when you were really little, like what's your earliest memory? Like when maybe when you were a toddler and what were you like as a toddler? And then how did you sort of grow up into this person that's so curious and so committed and so patient, all those qualities, like how did that all kind of take shape? Well, I've always been really curious just about everything. I remember I was five, I was in a bookshop and the first book I picked, it wasn't like a Disney princess or a fairy tale. It was a book with a fake heart on the front of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that it was an atlas of the human body. And I just love that. I've always been interested in science and curious about how things work, like why is the sky blue or how do you get something to be the way it is today and how did it come about, how did it evolve? So I've always asked my parents, probably annoyed them a little bit, um, just continuously with questions that they can't answer most of the time. And after all, science is the key to all the mysteries in the world. It's that core of the universe which we revolve around. So Mm -hmm. that's why I love to do it so much because it has an answer to every problem or if it doesn't, you can find it. So good. And do you mentor younger children as well? So um, I go out, I work with Young Scientists of Australia, volunteering as well as kind of, I've received an overwhelming amount of incredible support from the media. That's really allowed me a platform to get the word out and show people as well as talking with politicians about introducing more science at a young age where children aren't influenced by stereotypes or where they have a very open mind and can do whatever their passion is. So having science at a young age allows interest to grow Mm -hmm. and 
I've always go with younger kids and the most, the biggest thing that I found is when they come up to you and say, Oh my God, you're such an inspiration. You've done so much. And I really want to follow in your footsteps. I, now I see that it's possible and it can be done and it motivates them to and encourages them to do more and to do what they want to do because they can see it's possible. So that's why I like to go out to schools. I've spoken at a couple of school events as well as uh, big industry events that have been on television or on radio or whatever. Yeah. And yes, it's just like so many amazing opportunities have opened up. Did you sort of see that when you were doing the work? Did you think, I really want to win that award or I really want to win that prize? Like, did you know where you were headed? And do you still feel that you've got a goal in mind? Um, So I didn't actually know about these prizes when I was doing it Mm -hmm. I didn't think about that I thought about the reason of why to do it to help the environment to help overall and after I was exposed to all these prizes um, I just kept on wanting to go and go and go and see how far it could take me but rather than the prize itself it's only a symbol of the journey behind it Mm -hmm. it opens the door to many opportunities and Winning those prizes was a reason I wanted to do it because they were a reason where I could do so much other than just win the prize. For example, the BHV Billiton Innovator to Market Prize. It allowed me to put my work into action. After all, like an invention doesn't really have much of a purpose sitting there in the lab. It's not until you can take it to market, commercialize products, put it into people's lives. It can only then have its impact on the world that it was meant to have, on the environment and on people. So going from there I also allowed it also allowed me to represent Australia wow yeah it was I was I've never been so proud to be Australian and I could represent the country internationally it also allowed me to be around people who share the same passion and take inspiration from them as well as well as collaborative science it's all about collaboration Mm. so um it was just a melting pot of ideas and it was so good to be in America at the Intel International Science and Engineering Fair mm-hmm. where you can learn from people what they've done to get there, how you could possibly do it together, how people should help out to encourage everybody else. Yes. So that was in Pennsylvania and, and it was lots of high school students, is that right? Like so similar um, age or, or a whole bunch of different ages? Um, it, most of them were... Year 12, some of them had already graduated, but the age was up to 18, 19. Mm -hmm. So it was pre-college before. And it was 1,800 students from 78 different countries. Crazy. So what was happening? They were just walking around. Yeah, tell me about that atmosphere. Yeah, it was so good. Everyone was so supportive. And it was. we didn't feel like we were from 78 different countries. We all just felt uh, like one because we all shared a common passion and that mm-hmm. spoke common language of science. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like that. And you could also learn from people with their cultures and how they've grown up yes. to apply it and look at different problems from a different perspective. Great. So did you come back thinking, all right, now I'm going to do this and that, like a whole, whole long list of things that you want to still do? Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. Exactly. Where you, tell so me. Like, yeah, I need to solve this problem, this problem, this problem. Where is it heading? Do you have like a destination or is it still more about the journey and just making it as fulfilling as possible? Psst, 
I'm just ducking in here. It's Dr. Kimberly O'Brien to let you know about Quirky Kids Performance Psychology Program for children aged 7 to 12 years. The program is called Power Up. So it's performance psychology, helping kids to perform in things like exams, dance performances, or a musical presentation of some sort, anything that involves a performance, kids are often quite anxious. And the Power Up program teaches them how to overcome their anxiety by having a plan. If you'd like to find out more about Power Up and about how we adapted this program that is typically used for adult athletes into something that's user-friendly for children, please go to quirkykid.com.au. That's Q-U-I-R-K-Y-K-I-D. .com.au and find out more about Power Up. I've always really been interested in medicine and I really want to do medicine. I think like it's about helping whether it be people or the environment or whatever. But I think medicine has a really way of good way of doing that because it combines humanities as well as science and uh, it brings together my two loves and it's a perfect balance. And I think it's just so good to be in an environment where you can hear people's stories, think on your feet, as well as the feeling of just putting a smile on someone's face like I do with my plastic or encouraging young girls, as well as it brings a new outlook on life. And I think that's why I really want to do it. So I'm probably headed down that path. But overall, I'd like to continue researching, maybe making advances in medicine. With this also, I'm looking into making it into dissolvable switches, like, as well as different kind of products more mm-hmm. um, in the health space. Awesome. I, I wish you every success with your, um, yeah, your dream to get into medicine and to do more amazing things and to help more people. Tell me a little bit more about school and how you, you know, how you juggle all this. Cause I'm thinking like you're 11 HSC, this has got to be busy. So how do you maintain your focus when there's so many different opportunities? Yeah, it's honestly hard. I've kind of learned to say, kind of take a step back and say no to a couple of things which I never want to do mm-hmm. but overall I think I just kind of juggle I really don't have much time but I think I make the most out of the time that I have yeah. so whether it's like going to university in the morning and then going to school straight from there and coming back to university and then keeping up with like debating and co-curriculars and public speaking as well as speaking at events and everything um, and playing sport and uh, volunteering and all of that. So mm-hmm. just making the most of the time that I have. No, what, what were you saying? I interrupted. It gets hard at some times, but overall it's quite manageable. And again, just making use of class time as well as um, every moment I get at home, I'm always doing something. So. Yeah. So how do you manage stress? Like I'm thinking um, people in that position would obviously feel stressed sometimes, I'm guessing, right? Like, but you don't seem stressed. You seem really laid back. I mean, it is school holidays at the moment. <laughs> I wonder what's your secret to kind of, um, yeah, just time management and staying so positive. How could you help other kids with that kind of formula? Uh, yeah, so I think I don't get stressed because that much. I obviously do a little bit at some times, but overall I look at the big picture of things and mm. rather than looking at the small details, obviously the small details are very important, but looking at where that fits into the rest of it, everything. Mm-hmm. It's taking a step back and then just kind of getting perspective rather than getting obsessed with the details and, and feeling stuck. Yeah, exactly. But also this has allowed me to go so much out into the real world and see what it's like 
rather than just being stuck in the microcosm of just school. Yes. What, what role do friends play in that? You know, like I'm feeling like as you're maturing through adolescence, it's, you know, less maybe time with parents and family and more time with friends. So do your friends share your passion and, or do you do different things with your friends and you kind of focus on science independently? Uh, yeah, my everyone, I go, I'm very fortunate to go to a school where everyone is so talented at something of their own. Mm. And my friends, they're not, they don't necessarily share a passion for science. They like science um, as pretty much everyone in my grade does, but uh, they have their own things and it's just good to come back and share. Oh, so what have you done in that? And what have I done in this? And kind of just support each other through that. And they've been like a really good support network. And do they go to university too? Like, in, you know, you mentioned in the morning before school, I go to university and I'm guessing you use the labs there or something, or that's where your professor yeah. is. And yeah. do your friends do that too? Or is that just because you've excelled to this level that you're kind of like past school and into uni already? No, they don't do that. Uh-huh. So when did all that start? Like when did you start to kind of grow out of high school and into university, even though you're only 16? Is that right? 17? Yeah, 15. 15. Amazing. Yeah, go for it. Tell me that part. Uh, yeah, so it was from my cornstarch plastic. So that was all done at school mm-hmm. and at home, but uh, some resources weren't available and everything. So I emailed like 100 professors and like none of them replied. And just a little bit of emailing and calling and just finding people. And through that, uh, I eventually found somebody after um, heaps of no's. I finally got a yes. And then from there, it went on to doing things and then introduced to new people, new spaces, new equipment, and kind of growing from there. Do you want to mention the name of your professor and the university that were really open to taking you on board? I I feel like that's just such forward thinking and when you think of those 99 you know institutions that said no it feels like they really missed out (laughs) yeah like um it's pretty much all of the institutions in sydney as well as a couple of interstate as well so i don't want to regret the things that i didn't do but regret Mm. the things that i did so that kind of allows me to keep on going and to keep on exploring so that's those are two things that i kind of live my life by so can you say that again don't regret the things you didn't do no yeah, what was that? Yeah. Don't regret the things that you didn't do, but regret the things you did. Okay. So pretty much just yeah. don't say no to anything. Just jump in and have a go. Yeah, yeah. just have a go at everything. Be open-minded. Uh, just take everything that comes at you. Mm-hmm. Excellent attitude. And thank you so much for your time today. I just feel like I'm going to be seeing your picture in the paper and probably using your plastic at some point in the future. And, yeah, as I said, I just wish you every success and thank you so much for talking to us on the Quirky Kid podcast. No Thank you so much for having me. Okay, Angelina, have a good afternoon. And that concludes our interview with Angelina Aurora. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to find out more about Angelina's discoveries, you can go to our show notes at quirkykid.com.au. That's q u i r k yKid.com.au forward slash impressive or join us on the Facebook group. Just search impressive and you'll find us there, a purpose-driven parents group where we love to communicate and create community. It would be great to see you there. My name's Dr. Kimberly O'Brien. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again next week.